Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's the sound you've waited months to hear. It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. Biggest heartbreaks. History made by Appalachian State. They win an unprecedented third straight national championship. It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. And every Saturday, you tap that sign. And Appalachian State has done it again. The wait is over. College football is here. And here we go, folks. It is team week with Appalachian State. That intro never gets old. Welcome back to the Wesson Walker Show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit that text line 704-570-9610. I got a feeling that our text line is about to be swarming with Appalachian State fans as we talk about the Mountaineers. So we start the week every week talking about recent history with the program. And this has been a very successful program. Now, not the greatest season for them last year, but still finished 500. But to give you a few stats to get us going, they've had a league best in the Sun Belt, 59 and 16 record since the 2014 transition, including being 26 and 11 in road games versus Sun Belt teams. Then at 86 and 30 in that same time frame, they have the six most wins in the FBS after Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, and Oklahoma. And they've got a 48-9 and home record in that span. So very successful for this program, especially uh, in the Sun Belt Conference. They've been doing their thing. 100% they have. And what a weird season it was last year. I mean, how nuts was their season in 2022 where they open up their season Losing to North Carolina with a 63 to 61 score. That was a great game. The game was on drugs. I mean, the <laughs> offense was explosive for both sides, and it's amazing that North Carolina was even able to pull out that victory. Next week, they have another upset of the ages, at least at the time. Texas A&M <laughs> going to Texas A&M, going to College Station. The Aggies are ranked sixth overall. And App State beats them 17 to 14. They win in week three, 32 to 28 on a Hail Mary. So you have three weeks in a row where there is something that is national storyline worthy. Offensive explosion week one, beating six-ranked Texas A&M on the road week two, and then beating Troy. Remember, game day was there in Boone for that game, and they delivered with the Hail Mary victory. And then they lose to James Madison 32 to 28. And losses would come a lot more frequently than anybody thought after that. You had a couple of wins. You had a one win against the Citadel. You lose to Texas State. You beat Georgia State, Robert Morris. All right, we're off and rolling again. And then you lose on the road, back-to-back weeks. Coastal Carolina, Marshall, you would eventually drop the last game of the season, the regular season, that is, to Georgia Southern, 51-48 in double overtime. Wes, 
one of the weirder seasons, and maybe App State fans can text us, 704-570-9610. Maybe App State fans can text us just to talk about what you thought of last year. Yeah. But I, I can't I, – I'm hard-pressed to find anything that was truly as outrageous as that one. Well, let me start this thing off. Let me set it off, okay? We know we talk about the teams I don't like on this program, and, uh, you know, I give you reasons why. And App State would fall into that category. Okay. Okay. Their fans, they love to come to Wake Forest games, wearing this stuff, and they like to call themselves the real black and gold. And I very much take umbrage to that. (laughs) And I'm going to try to be as objective as I can this week when I talk about the Mountaineers. And so when they get these upsets, man, do they act like that. It's just, you know, the Michigan upset, never take anything away from that. That was just college football history. But I say all that to say when they beat Texas A&M, which at the time we all thought was going to be a contending team in the SEC, but that win certainly got downgraded with the season that Texas A&M had. It just wasn't – it just didn't hit the same after Texas A&M kept losing week after week after week. And as you said, yes, it was an up-and-down season. The North Carolina game was tremendous. It was a lot of fun. I looked forward to watching that game because I knew the environment was going to be crazy. And it delivered. And so uh, you're talking about a program, though, also, you know, just talking recent success. And this is another impressive fact for you. They have a streak of 37 straight seasons with a league record of 500 or better. And among current FBS programs, it's the longest streak by 14 years. Clemson, Oklahoma, and Boise State have 23 in a row. And App also, they they just do well no matter because we know when you win at a school like App, you're going to get opportunities for jobs. So with three different head coaches, three different offensive coordinators, and three different defensive coordinators over four seasons, they have a 43-10 and record from 2018 to 2021. So this is a very resilient program. They recruit well. They find the right type of kids for their program. And they just win football games. And so last season... It was very up and down. They finished losing three of their last four. This is a team that, according to Athlon Sports, has them picked to finish fourth in the East. So we're going to see what they're going to be able to bring because the Sun Belt, by many accounts, is going to be a very tough road uh, to be successful in in 2023. Well, and they finished fourth in the East just last season. And, Wes, as you talk about those App State football fans – They're not going to take too kindly to that, right? Here they are finishing fourth within their division. They actually have a three and five conference record that is tied with their rival in Georgia Southern and also tied with Georgia State. I mean, you're one loss away from being second to last in the division, only being alongside Old Dominion as the two worst in the East. If you look at what they accomplished last year compared to what they've accomplished in years past, they were 500 right on that mark, six and six overall, three and five in conference play. In 2021, they were 10 and 4. In 2020, they were 9 and 3. 13 and 1, 11 and 2. Wes, you have to go all the way back to 2017, the last time that they had um, a, a record where you had less than double digit wins. I guess 2020 was 9 and 3 as well, but we all know the 2020 season was a little messed up due to COVID, obviously. So then you go back to 7 and 5 record in 2014 to get to anything as bad as what you had last year. Sean Clark takes over, successful his first two seasons. But still not to the same level as what you had with Satterfield after taking over for the legendary Jerry Moore. Yes. 
six and six ain't going to cut it over there, Wes. No. I, I, I always hate asking these types of questions because I think Sean Clark <laughs> is a good coach. I just wonder how much pressure is on him because they don't have any patience. And I understand. You got three straight championships. You don't have any waiting period whatsoever to be successful as soon as you enter Division One again. You go to the Sun Belt, you're immediately 7-5. and five. And then you go 10-3, and three, and then your worst record is what last year was at 6-6. Six and six. So immediately when you start flirting with not being able to go to a bowl game, and now you're finished or you're predicted to finish fourth in your conference again, I just I wonder how much uh, App State fans are ready to get rid of Sean Clark if you see another year like that. I, I, I don't want it to happen, but I have to imagine those questions are there. Yeah, that's a place you're talking about since 2015, five seasons with double-digit wins walking. As you said, they've gotten accustomed to winning and winning big and being the biggie man of sorts for uh, the bigger FBS Power 5 programs. It's the team that you don't want to see come into your building because they've beaten some big teams. And yes, like I said, the Texas A&M win got downgraded as the season went on, but still at the time, it was the second week of the season. People thought that uh, Texas A&M was going to be something and they went in there and beat them. So I think that this is a program that they went in there and they turned the oven on and went back and sat down. It's preheating right now. They've mm-hmm. got it on 350 and they're waiting. They're hanging out. And so for Sean Clark, I think that at least eight wins is probably a minimum. I think if he finishes below that, they're going to be looking at him with the side eye. The seat will be starting to get a little bit warm. But I think if he puts up another six and six campaign or worse, then I think things could get very interesting for App State and the fans as far as what they're going to want. They're going to have a quarterback battle going into the fall when you talk about Ryan Berger or Joey Aguilar. And that's not a good place that you want to be coming into a 6-6 and season trying to figure out who your quarterback is going to be. Well, and and as we talk about the coach, I'm I'm not trying to fire Sean Clark before the season even starts. I just know that there's not a lot of patience as I keep making that point. But you go back to 2019 when they brought in Eli Drinkwitz. The guy only had one loss. And while Drinkwitz is honestly just a little bit weird on, you know, with his personality, not somebody we can remember uh, leaving the university thought of very fondly by that fan base after what was it like taking an ad out in the paper saying thank you to App State or whatever. It was very weird that ending, but he did clearly have a successful season before Sean Clark would take over. And the big thing about that hire was that App State fans wanted to stay in the family because they went outside it when they brought in Drequence. And he was very good. You had a 13-1 and record, but then Sean Clark comes in, 9-3, and 10-4. It's all good stuff. But even still, it felt like you didn't quite reach the heights that you wanted because your height is as the top as you possibly can get, really, with App State. Finishing as a ranked team at the end of the season, that's a goal that they strive for. Mm -hmm. Finishing to win the conference every single year, they're so successful. If you don't win the conference, I think App State fans view that as somewhat of a failure, certainly a disappointment. So if you go 500 and then you go, I don't even know, what, 7-5? and You talk about at least needing those eight wins. It's still going to feel underwhelming, and then you're going to be in this weird area where Doug Gillen is going to try to figure out, is that really enough to move? on 
if you have eight wins, it's a pretty good season. But objectively, for App State, understanding what those fan what those fans ask for, that's going to be a weird territory to try to navigate going towards the future. You're not going to fire Clark with eight wins, I don't think. But man, the fact that it's even a question, I feel like that's a realistic possibility where that's a weird area to be in. And the thing too is, you want to flip that conference record around. You're talking since they've been in the Sun Belt, not having a losing record. I read you off some of the uh, great stats and facts there. So you want to flip that three and five around round to at least five and three too because you don't want to have a losing record in conference yet again you really don't so this season is going to be interesting too if we just want to take just not along the lines of what we usually do to lead off team week but just a sneak peek you look at what they're going to do in 2023 you open up with Gardner Webb and then right off the bat once again on the road against North Carolina and you have back-to-back games are going to draw a lot of eyeballs with North Carolina in Chapel Hill this time yes sir and you have ECU right after that ECU not going to be ECU of whole nailers right of of you know last season they're still trying to refresh as we talked a lot about last week but yeah two big old games to start off the season within the carolinas which is a great thing because college football it is a local feel sport so i'm very happy to see some of those games that we're going to be talking about leading up to the college football season but huge start for app state especially with some of those local teams and the thing is you'd love to see those local battles man i always will find time to watch those games, App State versus North Carolina, App State versus East Carolina. Anytime you get those interstate battles, there's always going to be some interest there. And kudos for those teams for playing each other. But yeah, the schedule for sure. I mean, Coastal Carolina's a team that's going to be right up there. Southern Miss, Marshall. So App State for sure is going to have their work cut out for them. And I think those first Two out of those first three, Gardner Webb is is no slouch in in, in where they reside. Yeah, it's true. But you talk about North Carolina, East Carolina; those are going to be big measuring sticks for App State early to see what they've got. Uh, because North Carolina, of course, they got Drake May. I would expect Carolina to roll in that game. But still, Carolina's replacing a lot, too. And then East Carolina is a program. I feel like them and App State at this point, both kind of searching to find some new guys to replace some great players for their program. And so I think that's going to be the real game to really let you know uh, what's going on with App State. So we'll see uh, how those things turn out. But that is our first segment of Team Week with App State.